Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. My guest today is Lindsay Schroeder. The title of this interview is Journey Deep Within. And our guest is Lindsay. And we're going to be talking about plant medicine, the divine feminine, the divine masculine, self-love, marrying the practical with the energetic work, Shifting your outer reality through shifting your inner reality. By the way, I have found that the inner reality always comes first. Always. Always. (laughs) That has been my hard experience. And as a personal development coach, that is what I've learned. And that is what I have found working with others. It's always that way. So let me tell you about Lindsay Schroeder. She is a spiritual wellness, intuitive business, and mindset coach, which I want to find more about. (laughs) Uh, with the company she founded, Our and R. I like that. She is a priestess and sacred alchemist. I love that. You know, when my company starts staffing out and I'll I'll become the CEO, I see my job as I won't be running the company. I'll design the company to run without me. But I see me as being the high priest of the company's culture. (laughs) And that's my job. So that is not lost on me at all. I'm sure we have different meanings, but the implication of the word is there and sacred alchemist. I like that. She, she supports soulpreneurs and spiritually curious beings in developing their intuition. I'm very spiritually curious. Uh, And um, as a matter of fact, uh, back in the nineties, you could say I was ripe to join a cult. (laughs) I've always been a seeker and I don't consider myself a seeker. And I, I mean, I still always seek, but I don't consider myself a seeker much Uh, as much as I consider myself a person who's realizing himself these days. Uh, But you're a seer. I'm a seer. seer. That could be it. That could be it. Uh, This is your forte. So I, (laughs) and that does sound right. So uh, she, she helps spiritually curious beings and perhaps seers like myself in developing their intuition, reprogramming their paradigm, accessing their alignment and up-leveling their lives and businesses. I like the sound of that very much. And Lindsay is a Reiki master. You know, I had my first interview with a Reiki master about a month ago, and she really, she made a really good case for Reiki. So usually yeah. this, the personal development we talk about on this podcast is, is more grounded or less woo-woo to use that description. Uh, yeah. But this Reiki master made a solid case for Reiki, she, and she had a, and how she said her results speak for themselves. And I guess the proof is not. I'm just not guessing. The proof is always in the pudding. I mean, hospitals are staffing Reiki practitioners now, and they're seeing amazing results with technical data-driven backpoints now. There you go. She's also a light worker, intuitive healer, and a passionate divine feminine practitioner. Real quick. Yep. What's a divine feminine practitioner? 
So my entire brand is built on the pillars of divine femininity. So our and our actually represents our divine feminine and we are divine feminine. That so much of the work that I'm doing is supporting individuals who are brought up in our society, which is very masculine, trained very masculine, very patriarchal, very structured, very doing, and teaching them how to shift into and remember and embody the being. So bringing together together the human and the being, bringing together the container, the structure, and the fluidity, and the flow, and the magic. And the divine feminine is the cosmic portal, is the cosmic womb, is the chaos, is the magic, and the masculine is the structure. And each of us have both within us, whether or not we identify male, female, whether or not like how we were born, any of that, like each of us has these different vibrations, these different essences, these different facets within us. And so I've I, found divine feminine in our space is very much missing. So that's a pillar for me. I work. absolutely agree. hundred percent. Every single word you said. Uh, and I think that that is more relevant than ever. I think there's so much confusion about today, about femininity and masculinity, what it is and, and how everyone has it. But of course, Men are masculine by definition and women are feminine, but that doesn't mean just. Yeah. I'm also feminine and I'm heterosexual. And, you know, and I am a, definitely a he, him, as they say today. Uh, and I say that with some sarcasm. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, it's definitely more pertinent than ever. Um, okay, let me continue because we're going to get through this bio and then we're going to get into <laughs> real meat. But that was meaty right there. So I, I enjoy that. Uh, her services are often described as otherworldly, without words, transformative, and her favorite, like being on a spiritual drug. Oh, that resonates with me. Yeah. Lindsay is a gifted intuitive channel and energy worker. She has cultivated a practice all her own over her 10 plus years offering spiritual services. Whether you are looking to bring more spiritual alignment into your personal practice ceremony space or soul-led business that's that's what i'm, I'm about I, I have a soul-led business Lindsay has the profound ability to support you in a deep integration that results in an upgrade to your life and business embodiment the true becoming one with your sacredness is one of Lindsay's many gifts clients who work with her express that they find their own fullness their own radiance and see that they are the true magic they have been searching for. Hey, the lawyer, is that a compliment to what I had said earlier <laughs> uh, about myself? And I'm not self-aggrandizing, but I'm totally on a road of personal development and the road for of enlightenment. I'm not saying I'm enlightened, but I'm saying I'm on that road. Lindsay has the ability to illuminate within each of that which we are searching, desiring, and craving. You are the medicine. You are the magic, and Lindsay would love to support you in becoming one with that truth. Now, uh, that's a biography I could get behind. That's great. Welcome, Lindsay. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Definitely. I think this is going to be one of my um, unconventional yeah. type uh, interviews, and I love that because I actually, I, I am an unconventional person. Uh, I've been, undoubtedly, I've been called, I've been called many things in my life. Undoubtedly, crazy is the most, most common one. Odd, strange. <laughs> By the way, for those, the vast majority, perhaps ninety-nine percent of the audience is listening. But if you're if you're just listening, I, I suggest you check out the YouTube channel 
and not not to see my ugly mug, but Lindsay is quite pleasing to the eye. So I do encourage you to do that. I say that quite professionally and respectfully. Um, so yes, I love that. Great. So we, we have some resonance right there. Um, that's a great bio. You, I love that. You know, to me, spirituality is no less important than anything else and anything else. And the people can define that differently, subjectively, however you do it. But there's an, you know, and by the way, I am, I have a protege and we're studying the meditations right now. We're actually creating a, a course out of it written by Marcus Aurelius 1800 years ago. And we go, he goes into the soul quite often. And by the way, for the purposes of that course or that reading, we define it simply as the, your top thought, your top five um, values, you know, so that's, that's what we, for the purpose of the course, what we call the soul. And however a person describes the soul or the spirituality, that's their business. But I, I am contending that it is, there's nothing more important than a person's spirituality. Yeah. Because that's like what, why we chose to come to earth school is to understand the soul in the body, but without the soul, the body is just a meat suit. So it's the it's the number one thing. Like that's the most important thing is to understand that which animates you, consciousness, you know, presence, availability, understanding, like all of those aspects are soul aspects. We're just witnessing them through the body, through the brain, through the humanness, but we cannot take apart the human from the being. Absolutely. You know, I, a friend of mine, another spiritual guy, uh, we talked, we once just had the discussion of, uh, is a human having a uh, is a, is a, is being alive being a human is that a spirit having a human experience, or a human having a spiritual experience? I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to, but I would assert that what's the difference? I'm here. I'm conscious. I know that I'm here, not just by knocking on this this desk, but I perceive. I think I'm sentient. And what's next? Okay, well, what, what am I going to do next? You know, <laughs> what am I going to be next? But as you, I think, as you, I implied in your biography, <clears throat> there's a human being, which is what we are. We're not human doings, but we mm -hmm. are human beings. However, you know, if we don't do much, uh, we're not going to, uh, I think that doing has an awful lot to do with happiness because happiness I have found, and especially working with clients, is ancillary to contributing it's 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 the result of contributing it's the result of you can't be happy by being selfish <laughs> yeah. i mean our our dharma our purpose our passion that which like lights the fire within us which like really like is that pull that moves us forward instead of us having to force and push that is so deeply like interwoven with community with contribution with how we show up with how we offer our gifts so a lot of us get stuck in the place of like finding the gift to contribute but it is all about like how do i offer that to myself outside myself which is one with everyone else which is my community which is my planet which is you know the the niche that i'm working with which are my clients which are outside of me absolutely I, I found quite simply that a person needs to have a balance is ideal but it doesn't have to be 50 50 it just needs to be some work on both sides and that's the individual all right yeah and there's sometimes it's just outright necessary to be selfish mm -hmm. but that's the individual and then there's the team the community the others you need to have that side as well so it's both it's, you know, it's not one or the other it's both 
Well, they, they feed into each other. We must first fill our own cup and then pour from the overflow. If we deplete ourselves trying to show up for that, which is outside of us, then we don't have anything to show up. Or when we deplete ourselves all the way and then something comes along that really does light our fire. Oh, I would love to contribute, but now I have nothing. So you see that happening a lot of times where people are like, okay, I give, I give, I give. And then when something with my child, something with my partner, something with my friends, something with my business comes up and I really want to do, and I'm incapable. I can't, I can't show up as my best self because I've depleted myself over and over and over. So if we do not prioritize the self, fill the, you know, our own cup, take care of ourselves first and foremost, like that that silly Instagram quote of like, you have to put your mask on before you put the mask on the person. I was just going to mention that. That's not silly. That's actually quite, so we often, we, we candy coat things. We don't say things directly or we outright lie or just BS. But there is the, the obvious truth that the, the airlines do, do, don't do any candy coating, any candy coating. Yep. Put that mask on you first right. before you put the mask on anybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like this is a solid protocol for a reason. Right. Absolutely. And it's a perfect metaphor. So, <clears throat> so let me get into some of the media questions. Talk, well, talk to us a bit about your unique Claire for yeah. the listeners. That's Claire, C-L-A-R-A-I-R, uh, your Claire ability and what yeah. Claire Gustin's is and yeah. what it means. This is this is very Lindsay stuff right here because yeah. I've never even heard of this. So first I'll talk about like what Claire's are. So I'm sure several of you have heard of clairvoyance. So clear seen through the third eye. So the Claire's are these different skills, these different psychic skill sets, these different intuitive skill sets. And clairvoyance is the one that's like most popular, just like with the laws of the universe, law of attraction is like the most popular. So clairgustinance is clear tasting. And so I actually have the ability to taste energy. And so oftentimes, I get a taste of flavor profile and my guides communicate with me through flavor, through taste, because it is a full picture, even more so than seeing a little snapshot or hearing something or sensing something in my body. If they give me a flavor profile, I understand so much from that. That is so novel. I. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That is incredible. (laughs) It is few and far between that I come across other people who not only have this Claire, but have developed this Claire. And it's one of their main Claire's like, uh, it's only been a handful of other people that are like, Oh, yeah, Claire Gustinance is my main one. And I'm like, it's my main Claire. Like, I see quite a bit. I can see auric fields. I can get pictures. I get clear audience messages all the time. The sentience versus the body feeling of like clear knowing or clear sensing or clear feeling for sure. Every once in a while, I'll get a scent where you like smell a remembrance of something and that tells me like which guide's coming through. But for the most part, it is taste. It is taste. It is taste. It is taste. How unique. That's wonderful. You know, I'm a practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming and one of you too oh fantastic yeah, no. and of course circle of excellence forever <laughs> I, i'm actually sitting in my circle of excellence right now and i have i have that's great i have a hula i use an actual hula hoop to represent oh, it. i love that so i made it mechanical before i did yeah. a, a painting on the on the floor that didn't work you know it yeah. was lost but this hula hoop is half anchoring in nlp we call it, we use the term anchoring which is which is means conditioning and but for, it's half anchoring and half belief. When I step into, when I sit in this chair, which is in, within this hula hoop circle, 
I am productive. I am focused. I am self-disciplined. And that, yeah. and, I, and I kick ass when I do it. And when I, when I leave the chair, I take the hula hoop up and I put it down. Okay. I sit it on the chair. So it's, so it's never passive. It's always active. Yeah. That, that's what I found was the critical factor. Yes, you can anchor things. And if it, if it, if it, if it's, if it's true, it will work on its own, but if it's not, then you got to do something else. And that's another tenant of NLP, which of course, you know, if something doesn't work, do something else, anything else, stand on your head. You know, it doesn't matter something else. And this really, really works for me. So fantastic. Another NLP practitioner. And I brought that up is because NLP practitioners, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming is just a, a form of psychology that studies the how, the how the mind works mm-hmm. rather than the whys or the what's. And we, and of course, everyone knows that we have five senses, visual, audio, kinetic, uh, gustatory, which is taste, which she just elaborated on, and olfactory, the sense. Now, the, the latter two, we in NLP, we rarely get into it because it's the first three are the primary ones, even though, of course, if you smell something, that could be the greatest trigger of all. Right. But I've never heard anyone expound on gustatory, especially in a telepathic or a a clairvoyant way, which you, that is, that is wild. I'll start to like, like taste before something comes through and it, like it clicks me in and I'm like, all right, hang on. Like I got to pay attention because I'm starting to like taste something. But, but how, how, how does that translate in, in usefulness for the client? So for instance, if we were getting on a call, the flavor that I'm getting is like a T-bone steak on the grill. And so I'm, I'm getting like big potatoes on the side, big vegetables on the side. And I'm seeing this picture of this divine masculine energy putting the care and love into this and bringing that big plate of like manly food into the family of like, I grilled from the earth, I bring this and it's like char covered and it's truly like from the earth. And so that sets me up energetically to know how do I speak to you? How do I offer to you? How do I explain to you? what What's the shift in my own language? And the reason that came through first it's not necessarily always that I'm getting the flavor of someone. I can definitely do that if I focus, but they're giving me a message about how do I best serve my client, my community, my group, my whatever through that flavor. And so what they're showing me is that, okay, girl, you are very rooted in divine feminine. This is one of the most divine masculine energies you've interacted with in a while so let's shift into that let's hold that space let's be ready to prepare and like sit in that and that changes the way that i show up for that session so they're giving me paragraphs and paragraphs of information through a single flavor wow that is wild that is well by the way Lindsay. in the future one of my goals is is to start a company my company now is auxilium we're we're a technological coaching company i used i don't work one-on-one with people anymore uh, but in the future, I want to create a conglomerate, which has a number of subsidiaries. And one of them is I want to make a company that that seeks to develop telepathy and, and, and clairvoyance and maybe even uh, the ability to move things. I think that we all have psychic abilities. Yeah. There's, so, there's so much, you know, uh, charlatanism, of course. But I think we it's all it's just like like uh, the olfactory sense. You don't see what you smell, but you smell it. There could be a, there's a psychic side too. And I'm not saying, you know, you know, the stuff that you see in movies, perhaps, uh, but there, I think there's, we all, we are all connected to an invisible force. Indeed, we oh, are yeah. all part of the same one. 
And we know that, I know that by consciousness, we all have the same consciousness. It's our, our minds that are different, but our consciousness is all the same. So Tony, have you ever seen a PSI wheel? Do you know what that is? I've, no, no, I've heard of PSI. Yeah, so a PSI wheel is like something that you can create. The one that I have like has a glass dome over it. It has a little needle and then it has like a piece of tin foil or a piece of paper on there. And you put the glass dome over it so that the air is unaffected and you put your hands around it or you use just your mind and your sight and you can spin the piece of paper or the tin foil on there. And so my partner actually makes them because it's a way to develop telekinesis. It's a way to develop your psychic abilities. And there's a bunch of different ways that you can do that. You can exert control over it and actually control it and move it. You can become one with it and witness that we are all part of that same oneness. But it's truly like, almost as if it's an exercise band for telepathy for telekinesis that's great so my when goal, you that company let me know I'll, I'll tap you then my my goal is to become like neo in the matrix <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah and like we see that as this like oh over the top like you know moving around with bullets but our ability to control our environment is 100% based off of our perception. Like everyone's reality is completely different based Absolutely. off of their perception. And so it seems grandiose that like, oh, I'd be able to maneuver around bullets, but like your ability to create anything that you desire, to believe anything that you desire, like the fact that we have that, that brain, that body, like we are able to direct anything and everything in life it is insane totally. when you really start to conceptualize it and integrate that i found that there are two realities there's the real reality which is governed by the natural laws like like if you walk off a cliff gravity's bringing you down and then there's the perceptual reality which is what you just described what we all live in and i have found working with clients that the perceptual reality is far more real than yep. the real reality to people yep. <laughs> far yeah. more far more yeah <laughs> Great stuff. So uh, let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. And we're going to come back right back with Lindsay Schroeder. And we're going to get into some more meat. This is great, great stuff. So let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back with Lindsay Schroeder. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. People start something, then something comes up, or they need a break or even a vacation. And they often never get back on track. Perficio is designed to allow all of this. Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O.io, where you can live your life as you learn and make progress toward your life-changing goals. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having a fascinating discussion with Lindsay Stroder. And I'm getting to my next question, which is, what does the inner journey mean to you? Oh, we could do an entire episode just on that. Let's, let's narrow it down to about 10 minutes. <laughs> the, the, cliff, the Cliff Notes version is that the inner journey is really the, the understanding of self and not the understanding of self as we would consider, like if the self is a book, the reading from like front to back of like, okay, I've, I've finished, I've closed that, I've put that aside, but it's the developing the ability to be with the self, to ask questions to the self and listen to the responses of the self, to support the self, to witness and see and expand and alchemize and then maneuver the self in the way that the self desires, understanding the pieces and parts of the self and really working in that space of remembrance and magic. So for some of us, 
that's meditation for others of us that's presence and mindfulness for some of us that's deep journeying with medicines and then the integration of that for others it's you know moving beyond our programming moving beyond what our family or lack thereof may have given us but the the inner journey is what this is all about truly is the like being in alignment with the self and feeling and understanding when that shifts out and knowing how to bring that back into alignment where things are easy and flowy and enjoyable and of high vibration and expansive and really like you what you think is what you're feeling is what you're saying is what you're doing is what you're believing is what you're desiring alignment is the exploration of the inner journey and the integration of what you learn in those spaces absolutely as, as a quick description of my inner journey in the 90s if you would have showed me where the doomsday button was that would have blown up the world i would have rushed to press it all right i hated the world uh and um and i was an addict i've been now sober a long time i recover i'm a recovered addict for a very long time now i love the world I love the world because I love myself. And I couldn't even ever even admit that I love myself. To me, that was a, that was a weakling concept. But I, there came a point that I had to make an admission. And I began changing myself. And now the way I see the world and what I do now is so dramatically different. My girlfriend, she, I tell her some stories of, of the way I used to be. She's like, I can't even imagine you that way. I'm like, the people back then could not imagine me like this. Right. <laughs> you know, I just give you an example of how I used to be. I was, I was a hardcore punk rocker and I was a singer for a punk band, a big old mohawk. I, I'm still a punk rocker, but now I'm a 56 year old one. Anyway, my girlfriend, we were in my living room one time and, and, uh, and her friend was over there. We were sitting on the couch and she said, can you, can somebody crack the window? I just turned to the window and punched it and smashed it open. That's because I was violent, not towards people, but I had such anger for the world. And I wanted to be so extreme because I felt like, what? Why should I take care of myself when the future is so, is so dismal? But when I when I started working on myself and getting into recovery, you know, I'm like I said, I'm a practitioner of NLP. We're both coaches. We're, you know, uh, we're, we're definitely people into personal development. I, I'm way into philosophy. I've got to say that getting clean and sober was the most profound thing I ever did because I was just using that to medicate myself to, to escape from something and when i stopped escaping started dealing and living more in a perceptual reality that that was based more on the laws of, of success and the laws of reality then there was a transformation so absolutely and you know i mentioned this at a recent converse, uh, conversation i was a seeker as i said and i went to a lot of different philosophies and uh, or, or schools of thought. I'm here. I'm uh, and, and talk about inner journey. I'm back in Brooklyn from where I where I began, but I'm so different because of an inner journey, not an outer journey necessarily. There was a lot of outer journey. I've been all over. I used to live. I think. Are you in California? That's where I. I was, I'm in I was, Chicago. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah. That's on my list. Been on my list my whole life. But I've been. I've lived all over. But I'm back in, back in the Genesis place, New York. But it's. Uh, Oh yeah. So it's this school of thought. There was a school of thought up in Manhattan. This, this center called aesthetic realism. Have you ever heard this one? This has been mm -hmm. right? now. I like a lot of what they're about, but I did not like their major tenant, which was they said find the beauty in the world, then you find in yourself. I'm like that can't be right. And and everything I've learned since then shows that that is not right. Maybe do you have oh, something? Did you find inward first to then see the beauty oh, in the world? Always. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It always came first within. Always, always. They're always. I found that I always ask myself myself questions about my inner awareness and what's going on inside. What's going on inside me? There you go. And what's going on outside of me? What's happening? Out awareness. They're both necessary. But mm -hmm. I have found that unless I decided to be astute or mindful, I don't ask those questions about the outside. You know, you know, it's just that, oh, well, you know, whatever is, I feel, I feel, and then that's it. And, you know, everything is what, the way I want it. No, that the world revolved around me. You know, this egocentric, selfish uh, perspective was, uh, was just a, a veil, a thicker veil in front of my eyes. You know, I think there's, there's always a veil in front of your eyes, but you can thin it. <laughs> you can thin it deliberately by accepting the self, accepting the world. So let me ask my next question. How do you support people in accessing the journey space? Oh, so very, very different ends of this spectrum. So accessing journey space can be guided meditation, guided visualization, supporting people in ritual practice, supporting people in really starting to navigate their own intuitive abilities. One of the things that I always tell potential clients and clients when we start working together is that one of my gifts is not just about giving you the, the answer to that question, helping you hear that guide through me, but I'm able to express how I'm getting that information based off of someone else's energy, how it's coming through, what I'm feeling, what I'm sensing. And I'm not just offering them the, you know, the gem that I'm getting, I'm showing them the pathway and I'm asking them like, okay, can you feel into that? Can you connect into that? Can you see into that? Can you taste into that? Can you smell into that? Can you sense into that? So that we're building that muscle for them, not just giving them that piece of information so that after we're done working together, they're like, oh, I do remember how that felt when it came in or I do remember what that how it presented itself or what I saw or the way that that thought popped into my head how that felt different or the way my body knew that first that one of my main skill sets is really supporting you in identifying those tiny little flavors in your own energetic understanding so that you can develop your own intuitive skill set in the way that works for you because the way my intuition comes through is not the way that everyone else's intuition is going to come through. So it's not just about, you know, giving people, showing people, sharing my gift with people, but allowing my gift to help them ground their own gift in. So that's kind of like on one end of the spectrum, all the way on the other end of the spectrum, deep trance, deep journeying, plant medicine, working with different medicines truly like of the earth to allow us to journey to a level of consciousness, to a level of presence, to a level of, you know, moving our physical selves, our humanness out of the way and connecting to just pure consciousness, pure journey space, pure awareness, going to different realms. You know, I'll teach people how to astral project, how to lucid dream, how to navigate their own hypnosis, how to adapt NLP practices. Like I showed my candle earlier when we were talking about the circle of excellence. I've adapted the circle of excellence probably more than a hundred different times, like how you do that. And like, for me, I do it with session candles. So I like put the ingredients for, I used to do it for every client. Like this was crazy when I first started doing this, I would make a candle for every client and like put exactly in the ingredients that I wanted to become and be for that client. And now I just do that like for myself as a practitioner and have one for priestess mode. 
but adapting all of these different tools so that someone can journey deep, deep within in their own way in an aligned vibration for someone who's like, oh, I, I am never going to be available to work with plant medicine. I'm like, beautiful. Let's check from over here. And for someone who's like, okay, I want to go in in this way. I've been doing this and that. I want to go in that direction. Everything gets to be customized and personalized for the benefit of your own intuition. Let's talk about plant medicine for a bit. So we haven't gotten into that yet. I mentioned that at the outset. Elaborate. So plant medicine can be everything from the herbs that we see like people using in teas and tinctures. I personally love to work with the plant medicine cacao. So ceremonial grade cacao that can be done in ceremony type fashion that is a heart opener. It intensifies creativity. It connects you to yourself, to your soul. It brings you into this beautiful, magical state of oneness. So I work with that in a ceremonial setting. I will also show people how to adapt that to a personal practice. A lot of my clients replace coffee with cacao. I work with different- that, that's, that's like the cocoa bean or something? So it is the purest form from the cocoa bean. So it, it usually comes in a brick and I can actually give you guys a link for the company that I'm like in love and obsessed with. They have the highest grade ceremonial sure. cacao, but it's very low caffeine, very high theobromine, and it's very calming, soothing. There's a lot of clarity. There's a lot of creativity and it's a heart medicine, but it's non-hallucinogenic plant medicine. You can utilize it as small or quickly or as easily as just replacing your morning coffee with cacao, setting your intention, bringing that in, nourishing yourself intentionally, and then going about your day. Or I've done four or five, six hour cacao ceremonies with deep breath work and journeying and meditation and sound healing and channeled music and cleansing. So again, big different sides of the spectrum based off of what the individual is looking for, searching for, available for. So that's like one of my non-hallucinogenic kind of all the way on the beginner, easy to access, available for all. Then I'll move into working with cannabis, with psilocybin, with mushrooms, all the way with something like ayahuasca. I work with hape very regularly. So the medicines that Madre, uh, the Mother Earth offers to us have such a beautiful intelligence to them. Plants are our sacred record keepers. And for so many of us, this is a way to connect with our consciousness in a way that our society does not encourage, does not allow, does not support, and doesn't teach us. So plant medicines have changed my life every single time I've ever worked with them, yeah. from a cup of cacao all the way to my deepest ayahuasca experience. So you, you really have not just... You have very a very holistic approach, uh, and not just for, for yourself, but for your clients. So you yeah. have a great a, a toolbox, a pretty big toolbox. Yeah, pretty big. <laughs> it's a pretty big, big toolbox. That's all the cool. way from practical. Like I definitely get clients who are like super corporate, super technical, super this and that, and they're like, I don't want any of that. That woo, that's all the way over there. And I'm like, that's okay. We can do. NLP, we can do visualization for success practices. We can do, you know, getting your body ready for that presentation, for that investor pitch. But like you being in the vibration of someone who like marries these in this way, like you get the benefit of the vibration, whether or not we're talking about woo woo stuff. I have clients that are like, nope, I'm fully ingrained on this side. And I can't tell you how many times they end up being like, 
oh, self-love, oh, self-worth, oh, perception of self, like, oh, maybe I want to do some, like, chakra stuff, maybe I want to do some of that, and, like, just that willingness to go, okay, let's, let's focus where you want to focus, I will offer you what you're asking for, and then I will just make it available, the other things, and it truly does take that, that internal pull, that internal desire, a lot of times it's just that safety and that sacred space that allows people to explore pieces that they're like, I've been interested in, but it's never felt easy for me or aligned for me or right for me, or it didn't make sense because I'm in corporate. What am I going to do with that? And then they realize it's the inner work that changes the outer reality. So people will come and say, you know, I want more money. I want this partner. I want this job. I want this business. I want this thing. And I'm like, okay, let's look at the inside stuff. And they're like, no, I want the outside stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Let's look at the inside stuff. Very good. You know, I mentioned that I, you know, I'm a sober person, but you know, in the future, I would like to work with a shaman, you know, yeah. perhaps ayahuasca or something, you know, with reverence and being guided by a spiritual person, not, not, not as an escape, but as a, a very uh, directed evolution or insight. So yeah. I totally respect everything you said. I respect that, you know, what's not to, uh, and, and actually I'm really I, I, more or less an anti-drug person. Not that I won't take drugs, you know, but to me, it's like a, a, a last resort. Save it for the last yeah. resort. I love natural. Pro-medicine, anti-drug pro-medicine. I, yeah. I found that that's really kind of the new, the new way that we get to describe that is yeah. that like, plant medicines are medicines yeah. versus like how we've been taught and raised on the dare program and like drugs are bad and like yes like a lot of times the synthetic drugs that are a part of our communities like they're not expanding consciousness dropping into self-awareness connecting us with our community allowing us to see ourselves from a different perspective but the medicines of the earth when used in the aligned ways that like the medicines brought themselves to us. They offered themselves to us. They like shared with peoples and with communities how you work with them, how you honor them. Every medicine that I've ever been trained and brought up into priestesshood around, there's such reverence, there's such sacredness, there's such practices and protocols and honoring. And so when you get to work with that in that ceremonial way, it is unlike any quote unquote drug experience you've ever had in another space. Now, I, I'm, uh, you know, I used to go to AA and NA and really uh, not to badmouth them, but I transcended that, you know, I think that a person should learn personal development. Personal development is you get rid of dependencies. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, trading uh, drugs for a meeting is a fantastic trade, but it's still a trade. You know, you got to learn to uh, crawl, then walk, then run, then start running once you can run. Anyway, so, uh, you know, doing an ayahuasca with, uh, and those kind of people would be loathed to hear me talk about this stuff because I do love recovery and sobriety and being clean, even though I'm not a member of, the, of those organizations anymore. But I, I'm, you know, to me, basically, and I mentioned this recently to in a recent interview, there's, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's the closed-minded people and there are open-minded people. I always want to stay in that latter group. I always want to stay in that latter group because when, when I'm open-minded, anything is possible. That doesn't mean I should do this or that. I just want to, anything is possible. I just want yeah. to think that anything is possible. And then if anything is possible, then I can do anything. And that doesn't mean I should do anything. I should be governed by my ethics, my morality, right? My consideration, the, the, the considering ecology. Uh, uh, but the freedom to do something 
anything you want is the greatest freedom there is. <laughs> so great stuff. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back with Lindsay Schroeder. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. People value all sorts of things, but Benjamin Franklin teaches us that the most valuable thing we have is time. With it, we can have practically anything. Visit www.perficio.io, that's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can truly learn how to value time and have that instilled in you so that you can best use time to work for you. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having a fantastic discussion with Lindsay Schroeder, and I'm going to get to my next question. What are some of your favorite practices for inner work? Well, plant medicines. I very deeply love plant medicines for my own inner work. I definitely think that, like, I've recommended meditation to pretty much everybody. I feel like it's a standard that... Mm. Yeah. Just like how you learn to understand how to communicate in whichever avenue that is for you, like as a child, that meditation is one of the things that we really should be teaching as we're growing up, as we're expanding. And meditation can look so different for different people. I've had so many people say like, oh, I've tried that. It didn't work for me. And I'm like, that's like saying I tried working out. It didn't work for me. Like moving our body, like there's a way to do this that aligns for each of us. And if naturally you're going to be really amazing at rock climbing and you love it and it's so exciting, but they stick you on a rower and you're like, I hate this. This doesn't feel good. I don't like the way my body's moving. Yeah, it might not be for you, but finding the version of meditation that is maybe easier for you. Maybe you naturally take to and start in that way finding the type of meditation that really soothes maybe one of your patterns that you're desiring to shift out of. Like meditation is one of my like go-to tools to really teach and support people and okay, finding the meditation that aligns for you. I'm deeply into mantra practice right now. I really love the spaciousness that mantra creates. And I think it's a, a way that we can connect with this understanding that's been generation and generation and generation before us. And so for a lot of us who have inner child healing to do, shadow work, ancestral lineage, healing of the Akasha, mantra is um, a really beautiful gateway practice to the spaciousness that allows us to program ourselves intentionally and become aware of us in space, as Joe Dispenza says, the space that we take up in space, we really start to understand that oneness in a different way of like, oh, I am vibration on a massive vibrational grid. And I can like tap into that and manipulate that. And manipulating energy is what we're here to learn, to understand is, okay, how do I change the energy of my thought? How do I then change the energy of my word, of my beliefs, of my actions, of my doings to then change that which I magnetize in? So mantra has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger into my practice. And then I do quite a bit of like sensual sacred pleasure practice of like that version of divine feminine higher vibration practice to magnetize in that which I desire just purely from like elevating the vibration. So my practice used to be very much like how religion is taught. Sky daddy, I would like this thing. What can I do for that? Of like, can I say these Hail Marys? Can I say this? Can I apologize? Can I do whatever? 
that's what I learned in, you know, my Catholic upbringing. And for a while in my spiritual practice, it was very similar to that. Okay, source, energy, you know, manifestation, this is what I want. Here are the things that I'm willing to do for that thing. And now I'm really shifting into this place of my practice, my being, my experience, my life is my offering to the divinity within me and the divinity outside of me. And by living in that way, I'm automatically magnetizing the things that I desire. Like I hear that Ariana Grande song of like, I see it, I like it, I want it, it's mine. Like it's just here because I desire it and I put it into my vibrational field and I'm doing the work to elevate my vibration and be in this space that I'm automatically magnetizing the things that I desire, this or something better. You know, my company created a virtual coaching program uh, that's going to revolutionize self-help. We're going to launch imminently. And this basically is an automated self-help coach and it replaces the human, the human coach, like me or you. But with you and but some things I think it's, I can could fall into. Well, you do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff. So you bring so much to the table. Some things I think that uh, can be replaced by, uh, you know, an automaton, a computer. But other things that you're talking about are, are really about being sentient. You really, you, you've got, you know, you feel it. You're intuitive. You there, there's a, there's the ethereal stuff that you use to connect to people that I I don't think technology can do, at least not the technology that's available for the next 50 years or so. Uh, so my question is that, I mean, well, you know, after the, after the, after our interview, uh, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll have our post interview discussion, but you, there are things that you, there that can be taught in a self-help course that you do. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there are things that can't, right. <laughs> and uh, and the parts that can't, I think people like you, that makes you, I mean, all of it makes you valuable, certainly. I think some things are universal that we both do, like, for example, but there's some things that is totally Lindsay, that Lindsay does, uh, maybe that either no one else can do or no one can do for sure, like Lindsay does it because she is a yeah. unique person. And you are a very uh, <laughs> original person. I mean, we all are, but some people really embrace it. You're the, you're an embracer. And that is very valuable to a person, to a client, and even to other people and just anyone in your life. Because I think that, I really believe that, that the greatest gift that we all have is our own lives. And I don't say that for, for selfishly. I mean, that's God's gift to us. I don't say that. I was raised Catholic. I don't make, say that in a Christian way, even though I am an unconventional Christian. And I just interviewed someone recently and uh, who was a, which was a religious guy, but I'm a, I'm a Christian that believes in reincarnation, you know, and that it has uh, pagan ideals. You know, so I'm, I'm me. I do me. That's what I do. And I bring that. Uh, so I think you bring a lot to the table uh, for yourself uh, in your own evolution, your own personal development, to anyone that would hire you as a client, you really have a lot. You can see and, and bring so much uh, that I, I think your clients probably will be very happy. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. All right, and, so, no, and I, those were sincere compliments, uh, listeners. Okay, so this—I mean, this—you've you, been listening. I mean, you've been hearing this stuff. Great stuff. Let's take our, our final break, and we'll come right back with Lindsay. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perfizio. What if there was a self-improvement program truly personalized to you, that knew and cared for you deeply? 
that whatever was going on in your life adapted for you perpetually. Visit www.perphysio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O.io, where you can start a program that will always suit you, considering all the pressures and nuances of your life. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're in the final segment with Lindsay Schroeder, which makes me a little sad, but it makes me happy too, because this has been a wonderful discussion. Let's talk about, well, can you support us with some buzzword integration, alignment, manifestation, shadow work, embodiment, somatic, etc.? Yeah, because so, I, I had quite a, I mean, when I, your bio was I that was I said a lot about you. So, you know, <laughs> give us some backup. Yeah, <laughs> you have been. So one of the things we, we touched on a little bit is alignment. So alignment is a big buzzword right now. Like, are you in alignment? Are you acting in alignment? Is this an alignment? Check in with your alignment. And so I think breaking it down to the most rudimentary pieces is really important for people to not only conceptually understand it, but another buzzword, integrate it and bring it into the body, another buzzword, for the purpose of embodiment. So we can kind of go through each of those together in that progression. So alignment for me is really when all of our pieces and parts come into an aligned place where they're all in the same vibration. So what I'm thinking is what I believe, is what I expect, is what I'm saying, is what I'm speaking, is what I'm doing, is how I'm navigating the world. So for instance, if you're working with an affirmation and you're like, I am so abundant and your brain is like, no, we're not. And it thinks of your bank account and it shows you this picture. And then your body is like, no, we're not. And it starts to seize up and it shows us that like, I don't feel safe. That what you're saying is not in alignment with what you're thinking and believing and expecting and feeling. And so alignment is this idea of, okay, Let's look at all of the different parts of us, see which ones are in the place and space that we desire, which ones are a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, up, down, around, in any of these places, and start to bring them intentionally into alignment. Because when what I think is what I'm saying, is what I believe, is what I expect, is what I'm doing, is how I'm operating, then like attracts like, and I bring that into my reality. So if I'm thinking I'm abundant and I'm saying I'm abundant and I'm believing I'm abundant and I'm expecting abundance and I'm feeling abundance in my body and I'm making choices and decisions from an abundant place, I'm magnetizing abundance in. So that's one of my favorite ones to really like break down to those pieces of what is alignment. And integration for me is the, oh, I've defined this word up here, but now bringing it in and understanding it in those building block ways per person. So integrating means oh, I'm able to utilize this in my life, in my brain, in my body, in my being, in the way that I speak, in the way that I flow. Integration is bringing in that which is outside of me into my own inner realm. And then embodiment for me is feeling it in the body. So really bringing this wisdom into the body. And I can't remember what movie it was, but they're like, you don't know something until the body knows it. Almost like this spiritual energetic muscle memory of if my body is reacting in a way that is in opposition of what I'm believing or trying or aiming for, the body is the big tool that we have in this life. Like we chose earth school so that we could understand what it means to be energy, vibration, frequency, 
in a physical body temple. And so a lot of us tend to focus up on those top chakras of like, oh, speaking, projecting our truth, seeing things, connecting with consciousness and the cosmos, but getting into the body, learning how to be safe, learning how to regulate the nervous system, learning how to shift trauma from the body, opening ourselves up and bringing this wise wisdom into the physical vessel, embodiment and somatic, you know, of the body is definitely a big aspect of my practice because I think that's a big place where us as humans are very kind of disconnected. And so bringing that back together in sacred integration is profound. I totally concur, you know, and for those listening, which is almost everyone, uh, you know, uh, in the previous, before the previous break, I, I, I culminated with my interpretation of Lindsay and, uh, and, and described it. And at the end, at the end, she had a smile on her face, uh, you know, from ear to ear, because it, what I said, I, I seemed to, and she said, you, you get me, uh, you know, I got it and, and body responded. Okay. Yeah. So the body is absolutely, we're living in a human body. That's just it. You know, and until I get that half uh, Android body that I got, you know, my, uh, you know, that's what I got. All right. And that's how it is. And we have to get real with it. The feelings that we feel, those are all in the body. All right. Maybe, maybe we may have some ideas that they're out of our body, but we feel we have a, a connection through our body. And so body is, you can't escape the body. Not yet. I mean, you, know, you can, but that's called death or coma. <laughs> so projection. Right. Or astral projection. Right. Well, that there you go. There's some that's why I like you know, Doctor Strange in uh in yeah. Marvel movies. But uh yeah, I, I and I mean that sincerely because th that kind of stuff really appeals to me. Uh astral projections and having abilities that you that you talked about, we talked about. That's you know, I I don't just I'm not just polite in the conversation. That stuff really intrigues me and, and beyond. So great stuff. Uh Everything you spoke about, I really, really enjoyed. You have been a really wonderful guest. Yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate it. I think, it, and it's so, so multifaceted. I think that there's a lot for a lot of people. I think it has been very useful and valuable to a lot of people. Would you, uh, do you have any final remarks for our yeah. audience? I would, I would love to share a gift with the audience to like oh, help people integrate and embody some of these practices. So as we talked a little bit about embodiment is a space that like we're not really taught about, we're not taught how to feel our feelings, how to connect with our emotions, and especially coming into a very masculine space, I think embodiment is so important to like share. So I provided you guys with a link to my free embodiment training, and it's a two-part embodiment practice, and it's embodiment a way that I've never seen anybody else teach it, which I think is really special and cool and very multifaceted. So it is a behind-the-scenes look at my own personal embodiment practice. So there's no fancy lights, there's no makeup, I'm in my mom's old sweatshirt sitting in my bed in my own embodiment practice. So I'm not teaching, I'm not training, I'm not educating, I'm not like trying to present, I am just being. And then the audio that goes over the top is me then explaining and expressing and really bringing you guys behind the scenes so that you can see, okay, this weird thing that I'm doing, this is why, and this is what's happening. And then when this happens, this is why, and this is what I'm downloading. And it gives people this true, like, 
witness of what how weird embodiment can be like how okay we should just stretch our comfort zone and get into a true space of being in the body so coming out of the head and dropping down into the body so that's part one of really just like kind of shattering the perception of what a practice should be gets to be has to be allowing you to see me in my truth in my rawness in my vulnerability no longer that like oh i'm a coach and i'm trying to like show you this and i'm trying to prepare in a specific way and then part two is me guiding you through so actually leading you encouraging you giving you an overview so that you can then sit in your own embodiment practice but i found that when i partner these two together and you first get kind of like shaken up and shown oh it can be really weird like there's some really weird odd stuff that like if i were sitting on a live stream on instagram i probably wouldn't be doing that like i would have my makeup and have my lights and be talking about it in a certain way but like we don't want to learn from a chef like what they teach in the one-on-one cooking class we want to know their secrets we want to know what they're really doing when they make the meal for them or for their partner or for that vip client that's what i'm showing you guys of like this is embodiment for me when i'm moving through something heavy something difficult when i'm actually utilizing this tool for the benefit of my life and my expression and then i encourage you to try that for yourself and when you try it in that vibration of like okay it could be weird okay i don't have to know what it's supposed to be like i can just be which is the key to embodiment of just being in the body being aware being present so i really encourage those of you who've been like excited or your interest has been piqued or if you know that embodiment is an aspect that you could really benefit from this two-part completely free training will really support you in grounding that down into actuality into your body for true benefit wow that's great that sounds really valuable and i thank you very much for offering it to the audience uh how can people uh find you your website your social media yeah, you guys can find me at Hour and R. So on Instagram, which is the main place where I get to interact with people. I love to build an intentional community. So it's not just about, you know, people who are going to purchase or work with me one on one, but like we build such a beautiful community over on Instagram. So my handle is Hour and R, which is O U R A N D A R E. And then my website is the same, hourandr.com. You guys can also check out my private Facebook group and my Facebook page all under our and our. So I would love to hear from you if you've listened to this and you have questions, you're intrigued, you're interested, you want some support, please reach out to me and let me know where you found me, where you heard me from. And the, the your free gift is at ourandr.com, right? So I gave you guys a link and I'll make sure you guys have that link. If you guys can put that in the show notes, there's a direct uh, link that goes to that embodiment landing page so that yeah, people can read a little bit about what it is and then... It, is it at your website though? There, it it is hosted on my website. Okay. So I encourage listeners to use that link, but you can still go to uh, the website. I, I I don't listen. I just want you to go check out Lindsay because she's got some good stuff. One way or the other, check her out, man. Great stuff. You have been a very wonderful and unique guest. I really really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, I want everyone to remember we're all responsible for ourselves, and we can all use some help. With that, thanks again. We'll see you at the next podcast interview. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, 
subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.